When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Joe Fortenbaugh, Amber Wilson. You can find him on social media at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Sean Payton is now the head coach of the Denver Broncos. So let's get the Denver perspective from 104.3, the fan from three-time Super Bowl champion Mark Schlereth. And Mark, thanks so much for joining us. Let's just start with your initial reaction to the Sean Payton hire. I was really excited. I mean, he was the guy that uh, when this whole process started after the firing of Nathaniel Hackett, he was my number one target for the Broncos. And so the fact that they got him, regardless of the compensation, I think it's a great deal for the Denver Broncos and starts uh, legitimizing them as a as a football team and as an organization again because they've really slipped out of the national, uh, you know, just the national perspective, if you will. So I thought it was a huge hire for the Broncos. You know, there were a lot of reports out there that originally they met and there might be a problem between Peyton and ownership in a way that they thought he thought there might be too much control that ownership wanted. But then he came out and tweeted that there was no truth to that. And then today there's a report that the Broncos went out and tried to get D'Amico Ryans at the last minute. That didn't work. Where did Peyton rank on their priority list? Was he their top guy in your opinion? I think he was one of three of the top guys. I think Jim Harbaugh might have been their top target, but Jim Harbaugh, Peyton, um, and then obviously D'Amico Ryans. Uh, you know, and I think the one thing you have to understand is the ownership group is, you know, Greg Penner's making the major decisions, but they've got Condoleezza Rice as part of the ownership group. Obviously, George Peyton, their general manager, had a say. So I don't know that there was a consensus on who the number one target was. And I think that's why you've gotten so many conflicting reports. But the bottom line is he was one of their top targets right off the start. And um, and it doesn't matter. You know, we say this all the time about getting in the NFL. It doesn't matter if you arrive by bus, you know, by plane or by train. Uh, it's just a matter of getting there. So I didn't. I don't really care how they got him. Um, the fact is they got a, a the most experienced coach out there uh, the guy with the most proven track record. Mark Schler is joining us here on Joe and Amber. All right, Mark. So no matter who they were going to get, the priority number one was going to be getting Russell Wilson to look like that guy that we all knew so well in Seattle. How do you think Peyton is going to be able to get that done? Well, I you look at his track record. I mean, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is 5-0 and as a starter for him. Uh, he gets a Jameis Winston um, on his football team. You know, the year before, Jameis Winston had thrown – what, uh, 30 picks and it fumbled nine times. And, you know, I had talked to Sean during that course. I did one of his games, and he said, you know, I mean, there's a lot of dirty fingerprints on 30 interceptions, and frankly, I'd never let him do that. I'd never let him be in that situation. Uh, seven games in before he tore his ACL, I think they were 5-2, and two, and I think, and I think uh, uh, James Winston had thrown 14 touchdowns versus three picks at that time. So he's got a track record, a proven track record. You know, we all like to think Drew Brees, and we think about Drew Brees as being that final product. But remember, he was leaving the San Diego Chargers at the time with a shoulder injury where he didn't pass a physical with the Miami Dolphins, 
and uh, you know was damaged goods. So I think there's some revisionist history on on Drew Brees as well, becoming the quarterback he became, becoming the Hall of Famer that he is. Uh, I think there's a lot of uh, Sean Payton's fingerprints on that as well. So you know, I think there's two things you have to have um, as a head coach. Um, it, it's it's one thing, but there's two different variations of it. And I think you have to be able to instill fear into your organization. And there's the biblical sense of fear, right, which is the fear of the Lord, which means awesome reverence and respect. You have to have a ton of reverence and you have to have a ton of respect for the guy who's coaching you. You have to believe in that guy. So that's one. The other is straight-up fear. I have to know that that guy is serious, and if I don't play up to my standards or up to your standards as a coach, I'm going to get fired. And I'm okay with that. That's the way it should be. And not only fear in that building from the player's perspective, but from the coach's perspective. There has got to be a fear of your group not playing up to the standard. Because if they don't, you know that you will, I mean, you will ultimately pay the price as a coach. Those things have to permeate an organization. And that's what Sean Payton brings to this organization that, frankly, they haven't had in several years here. There hasn't been enough fear within this organization and uh, Sean Payton certainly brings that part to the Denver Broncos. Tremendously well said. Three-time Super Bowl champ Mark Schlereth with, uh, with us here on Joe and Amber. Vic except, for the part, except for the part where Mark reminded us of Drew Brees with the Dolphins and not passing. As a Dolphins fan, I try to block that out. So everything else was well said. <laughs> Most Dolphins fans probably trying to block that one out. <laughs> yeah. It's not like Drew Brees went on to do a whole lot, except, you know, right. Super Bowls and whatnot. <laughs> uh, but speaking of your Dolphins, uh, Amber, they were close to signing Vic Fangio as their defensive coordinator. It looked like a deal was going to get done. Apparently, there's rumors that the deal is not done. And now Peyton is in Denver. And Mark, the rumor was that Peyton wanted Fangio as his defensive coordinator. Is there a chance that the old Bronco head coach comes back to Denver to take on the D.C. role? Yeah, you know, I don't I don't know. Um, I don't know, but I do know this. Yeah, I was sitting down with Kyle Shanahan um, probably week two or week five, one of those, and uh, doing a San Francisco game. And Kyle Shanahan was like, hey, listen, everybody in the league right now is playing that Vic Fangio defense. And that's why scoring is down. And that's why, you know, that's why, you know, you look at all that, all that's going on in the league right now. Like everybody has copied the Vic Fangio style of defense, which is a three-four, but you play a lot of four-man front. You play five-man front. You play two deep safeties. You make the quarterback check the ball down, and you see if you can put twelve plays together for a scoring drive, which is really hard to do in the NFL. So everybody's playing that style. So I know Vic Fangio is very coveted and incredibly respected as a head coach in this league. Our ESPN Dolphins reporter, Marcel Louis-Jacques, is still tweeting out that he expects Vic Fangio to be the D.C. of the Miami Dolphins. So we'll have fingers crossed for me. Yeah. Mark I, Schler- my, I said hey, I, I said very respected head coach. I meant defensive coordinator, obviously. I apologize for the flub up there. <laughs> we understand. <laughs> uh, you are in Denver. Quite Mark right. Schlereth, three-time Super Bowl champ, also a host on 104.3 The Fan. So I want to get the Denver perspective from you, the reaction to everything they've given up, because we don't know what the Peyton contract is going to look like. Would not be surprised if he's the highest-paid coach in the NFL. But we do know, just in terms of draft capital, they've given up three first-rounders and three second-rounders plus a whole bunch more for Sean Payton and Russell Wilson collectively. How did Broncos fans feel about that? Well, I think Bronco fans are a little concerned about the lack of draft capital. 
Um, but, you know, I mean, look at the Rams. They haven't given a rip about draft picks, and uh, they ended up winning a Super Bowl doing it that way. So, you know, there's more than one way to skin a cat, and it all depends on your perspective. You know, 50% of the guys drafted in the first round are, are like are either average players or busts. So, like, I, I don't put a lot of merit into it. I played long enough to know and long enough to see a bunch of first-rounders that weren't worth a squirt of piss. So, like, it depends on the perspective you have uh, about what the draft brings you. And so you're going to have to do a great job with the limited draft picks you have, especially late in the draft. But where you're really going to have to sow your oats is you're going to have to be great in free agency. And, and that's, you know, that, that, the, that pro scouting department is going to have to be on their game, and you're going to have to get, try to get as much value as you can in free agency. And, of course, the cap continues just to skyrocket up, so you should be able to find good players in free agency. The one and only Mark Schlereth. Mark, thanks for stopping by. You got it. Take care, guys. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $700 on average. Yes, Mark Schlereth, he does always bring it, and he definitely brings that Denver passion as well. A huge day, frankly, for Denver Broncos fans. They finally know that Sean Payton will be their guy moving forward. Coming up next, we're going to try to earn you a little more cash, another pizza money coming your way. Plus, as... Joe just mentioned Vic Fangio, Miami Dolphins. Is he going to be a DC with the 49ers? Is he going to be the DC in Denver? What's happening with that situation? Lots to unpack. This is ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
Vic Fangio, the defensive coordinator for my Miami Dolphins. Nobody seems to know. We're going to get into that situation in just a moment. But first, let's try to earn you a little bit more pizza money, a small wager, nothing crazy. Joe brings the advice. Let's hit it. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. First one of the evening was LeBron James over seven and a half rebounds. At last check, he had four in the first quarter, so we're cooking on that one. Pizza money number two, college hardwood, West Virginia plus two over TCU. They're on the road at TCU tonight. I think there's going to be a problem for the Horned Frogs. Guard Mike Miles is out. 18 points, two rebounds, three assists per game this season. He has been huge with that team's transition offense. And without him, the engine that makes it go might be sputtering a bit tonight. They've lost four of seven after an 11-game winning streak. And you've got a West Virginia team that after a five-game losing streak is turning it on just a bit. They've won three of four, beating Auburn, Texas Tech, and you guessed it, this TCU team in the process. So, pizza money number two tonight. West Virginia plus two over TCU. We're going to try to keep our streak going. Joe was perfect yesterday on Pizza Money's. Hopefully it will make it a perfect week for you all with the Pizza Money. Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. So I mentioned there what's happening with Vic Fangio. I got all excited, Joe, on Sunday because the news started breaking. Vic Fangio is the new DC of my Miami Dolphins. Now, huge get for the Miami Dolphins. They had very publicly been courting and pursuing Vic Fangio. That was no surprise to anybody. They wanted him as the defensive coordinator. Problem is a lot of people want Vic Fangio as their defensive coordinator because of the track record that he has in that department. Well, on Sunday, it seemed like it was a real thing. The NFL Network reported it. The Palm Beach Post reported it. I mean, multiple outlets were reporting that he is now the defensive coordinator of the Miami Dolphins. The problem is, apparently, he forgot to sign the DocuSign. You know how that happens, Joe. Yeah. It can get confusing, you know? So he just let the DocuSign hang out in his inbox. I'm imagining that's how it goes with these NFL hires. And he Is it actually a DocuSign or are you just making a joke? I'm just making a joke. Okay, and I was no just curious idea. about that. No, that's like instantaneous. I do not think it's a DocuSign. <laughs> like you have Vic Fangio, like he's at his computer and he gets like the thing, like your e-signature. Well, this will qualify. And it's like not even his signature. It's just Forgets whatever. like his login password, can't yes. access it, has to <laughs> download ac- the app. Maybe total mess for an old problem. guy. Yeah. Maybe he wanted to be the DC, but he just forgot how to log into DocuSign to sign the actual contract. Now, in my experience, there is actual hard you know, paper contracts that do get put in front of people and go through a whole bunch of lawyers along the way. Nevertheless, Vic Fangio apparently hasn't put pen to paper. So I guess it's not official. So over the last 48 hours, Dolphins fans have started getting nervous. Like, what is happening here? Dolphins Twitter has been going nuts because it's weird. It's reported everywhere. It made sense when it was reported at the time. What's happening? So then... The theories start, of course, a flowing. And one of those being, well, what's happening with D'Amico Ryans? Is he leaving the San Francisco 49ers? Is it possible Fangio's looking at that job in San Francisco? Hey, if that thing opens up, I might be getting second thoughts about taking this one down here in Miami because of the talent on that defense over there in San Francisco. Then the other theory is, is he waiting to see what Sean Payton does? Because we know, reportedly anyways, in these interviews, it's been rumored that Sean Payton, when he is pitching his coaching staff, which is what these NFL coaches do, that Vic Fangio is the defensive coordinator, that he's pitching to teams, which is awkward because, you know, the whole Denver coaching thing. So what does that mean? So was he waiting to see if Payton went somewhere else? Like, maybe I'll join him if it's not Denver? 
Or is he thinking that he's just going to join him even if it is Denver? I have a hard time believing that Fangio would go back to Denver, but now in a coordinator. It's new ownership, but still, that feels weird to me. But all of this feels weird to me. And oh, by the way, D'Amico Ryans is now the head coach of the Texans. Everything you just laid out would be proven so unbelievably moot if he was just out fishing for the last week and was like, yeah, I was going to get around to it. And then it turns out like everybody's going off. It's like, yeah, the guy's still signing with Miami. He was just on vacation. Now that could very well be what's happening here. I don't even know if he likes the fish, but the conspiracy theories are more fun to talk about. The San Francisco angle is fantastic. Now they've already put in a request to interview uh, Chris Harris, who was coaching, I believe, defensive backs for Washington this past offseason. So maybe they want to go younger. But remember, Fangio was the defensive coordinator in San Francisco under Mm -hmm. Jim Harbaugh. And if his top priority is winning a Super Bowl, going to San Francisco is probably going to be the best spot for him. In addition, if his priority is maybe getting another head coaching job, San Francisco, again, probably the best spot for him. Because if you're the D.C. under Kyle Shanahan, you get head coaching jobs. Robert Sala to the Jets, D'Amico Ryans to the Texans. So it seems like it's a pretty advantageous situation. I don't know if it comes down to money. I doubt it. I don't know if it comes down to lifestyle. That could be it. Maybe he really enjoyed his time in Denver. Maybe he likes the Bay Area more. Maybe it's just too humid in Florida. That's what my wife always says. Florida has been completely ruled out. I love the state. Talking about her, never be able to go there because apparently it's way too human. But it is a fascinating story, regardless. I mean, if you're Miami and you like them, you got to close. You don't leave these opportunities out there. You demand to get it done. You close. Also, the 49ers have reportedly requested permission to interview former Panthers interim head coach Steve Wilkes. And I do have a lot of people in my menchies and Amber at Amber W Sports. That's how you get in touch with me at Joe Fortenbaugh. That's how you get in touch with him. I have a lot of people in my mentions saying, hey, I'm a 49ers fan. I prefer Steve Wilkes. So maybe Wilkes is the move and maybe Fangio is still coming to Miami. But this whole situation has been so strange that it feels like to me he's waiting for something and that there's got to be more to it. Now, Marcel Louis Jacques, he covers the Miami Dolphins for us here at ESPN. He tweeted out when somebody had tweeted to him, is Vic still coming to Miami? In response, Marcel had tweeted out, that is what I've been told by multiple sources and the impression that I am still under. Take that for what you will. I don't know if anybody really knows what's happening here when it comes to Vic Fangio. So that's another domino that we're waiting to fall. But it's this is how it works in the NFL, right, Joe, where all of these coachings, all of these coaching hires, this whole carousel, it's so intertwined because they're all waiting on each other and seeing what everyone else is doing, and it affects everything and every decision that's made. Of course. That's how it works. And, I mean – you can tie this directly into something we haven't even really done a whole lot with tonight is the D'Amico, Ryan, D'Amico Ryan's hiring in Houston. I mean, he did a phenomenal job in San Francisco. It seems like that defense is just going to produce coaches. Like, you're just mm-hmm. going to get into that system and you're going to be able to get whatever you want. Ryan's so is heading talent. to Houston where he played. Um, it's a great situation if you can trust ownership and management to stay out of your way and start making some good decisions. I don't know how much you can trust them, but I will say this. million in cap space as of today. That is sixth most in the NFL. So you can spend if you want to. In addition, you have 11 picks in this year's draft, five of which occur in the top 73 selections, two of which occur in the top 12. So Houston is in a position to bring in some young talent, to bring in some veteran talent, and to bulk this thing up in a hurry. The question is whether or not organizationally they're all going to be aligned so that this version 
of the new head coach is going to be able to have more success than the last two, possibly three, who have been there. Yeah, I mean, Ryan's becomes the franchise's sixth full-time head coach, and reportedly it's a long contract, I think a six-year contract that they're handing him. I'm sure D'Amico Ryan's wanted that sort of assurance. Hey, you guys aren't going to punt on me right away. You're going to give me an opportunity here to actually build this team because, of course, there's going to be building there in Houston. He's a perfect fit. I mean, it's a good hire. I He's a coveted coordinator so maybe he could have taken his pick but he has the affection for that organization from his time there so maybe that job more attractive to him frankly than it would have been to other candidates though like you just said the cap space is there the opportunity to build is there you just have to have the patience in order to be able to do it and we'll see if D'Amico Ryan's and ownership is going to be able to deal with that but a good hire I think for Houston Texans fans coming up next who will, we, who will end up regretting not hiring Sean Payton? The Chargers or the Cowboys? Someone else? This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Pros bro over here. Amber Wilson on Joe and Amber. He's Joe Fortenbaugh. I'm Amber Wilson. That's the kind of content that you come here for, though. Right, Joe? (laughs) That's what we do. That's what we do around these parts. We make mistakes, and then we laugh, and then we keep the train moving until you make your next mistake, and then we laugh again. Until I make. I see what you did there. It does feel like I'm the one making the mistakes on this show, but I'm happy. Listen, I'm just happy, James, to provide you the opens and all the imaging. Honestly, You're welcome. That's I, why I, I do don't it. know what I would do without you. Exactly. Let's put it like this. I think I've given out probably 60-plus bets since we started this show, and I'm pretty sure I'm not 60-0, and 0, so you're not the only one making mistakes. <laughs> that is true. We do try to earn you a little money on this show. Three times this show, we try to earn you some pizza money. We will be doing that uh, later in the show again, so you're going to want to stay tuned for that. Of course, if you missed any of the things on Joe and Amber, you can always check out the podcast on the ESPN Radio app. But let's talk about what's happening here with Sean Payton, because now he is the head coach of the Denver Broncos, which means that he is not the head coach of anywhere else. And I'm curious to know, Joe, is there a team, because we know how coveted he was. Now, some of these teams that we thought were going to have jobs open, the head coaching position appeared to be hanging on to their guy. But let's assume that the Chargers job is open, right? That they did move on from Staley or that the Cowboys did move on to McCarthy. Like are, are any of those jobs that you think Sean Payton would have been in the running for going to really regret this decision not to go after him harder? So yes, for the real short answer with the chargers, you really better hope this doesn't work out for Denver because they're in your division. So the idea that you hung on to Staley when everyone thought you were going to move on after what happened at that Chargers debacle and then go out and get Peyton to coach up Justin Herbert, it just looked like a layup. Now, they didn't want to do it. I don't think they wanted to spend the money. Fine, you're going to stick with Staley. But if it doesn't work with Staley and Peyton turns around Denver, you look like an idiot on two fronts. That's not good business. Not good business at all. That's the stuff that gets people fired. On the Dallas front, what's interesting to me is that you have a head coach in Mike McCarthy who struggles greatly with game management. So your decision after yet another playoff flameout was to get rid of the offensive coordinator and put more on his plate. He had 
little on his plate to begin with and couldn't handle it. And now you're going to put more on his plate and you think that's going to solve the problem. So I think both teams are going to regret it for very different reasons. But ultimately, yes, they're both going to regret it. Yeah, well, Kellen Moore became the fall guy. There ain't no fall guy anymore, I guess, for McCarthy moving forward. I do agree with you, though. Out of those two teams, it would be the Chargers because they're going to see him inside that division. I'm surprised that Sean Payton wanted a job, though, that he has to compete with the Kansas City Chiefs in the division. I mean, that does surprise me a little bit, right? That would have been the case with the Chargers as well. And so maybe he just figured, hey, I'm going to end up here either way. But I was surprised by that decision from Sean Payton. You know, maybe we in the media make that out to be a big deal, but these guys are competitors at heart. So maybe they don't look at it as, I don't know if I want that job because I don't want to face Patrick Mahomes. Like, I get that that could be a consideration, but then at the same time, you're gonna run, if you're going to win a Super Bowl, you're going to run into all these guys anyway. So That's like, what true, are you going to do? You're not playing them multiple times a season during the regular season. No, but what are your better options, right? Like, okay, so let's say Dallas opened up and he went to Dallas. Great. Now he's got an owner who's breathing down his neck, who doesn't really give you a lot of room to operate, and you're going to deal with Jalen Hurts and the Eagles twice a year. Not saying that's Mahomes and the Chiefs, but it's not like it's a layup there. What are the other options? Uh, anything else that we were discussing or trying to link him to? Houston. Okay, Trevor Lawrence is on the rise. The Titans are well coached with Mike Vrabel. It's a little bit of an easier path, but I don't know. I'm, I'm curious as to how many teams actually were going after Peyton. I want to know how many had him at the top of the list because this took so long to get done and there's so many rumors as to what Denver was up to. I'm wondering if, if, if we maybe had it wrong. I don't think we did. I think he was in high demand, but it just seems odd that it took so long and now there's all these reports as to what Denver wanted to do with D'Amico Ryans and then couldn't get Ryan, so then they went for Peyton. Well, I think some of that's going to come down to money, right? Like, I think that's what we're going to find out about Sean Payton. We don't know yet. We don't know what that Payton deal is going to look like. But both you and I are theorizing that we're talking probably highest paid coach in the NFL. And if that's the case, I can understand why, like, the Chargers wouldn't want to get in that game, right? Because they are a financially conscious organization. There's a lot of organizations that might have had Sean Payton on their wish list. But the reality is they were going to step up to the plate and pay for him. Yeah, that's, I mean, it was going to take a huge package one way or another. So they're going out there. They're getting aggressive. They're getting the job done. The 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 Russell Wilson component, I think, is fascinating. You brought up earlier the idea that do you want to play in a division where you go against Mahomes twice a year? I would be more worried about the idea of working with Russell Wilson if he's unfixable based on that contract. But if Peyton, who has an excellent track record of coaching offense, decided to take this job knowing his reputation's on the line because he's got a great reputation from his time in New Orleans. He has to have done his due diligence. He's watched the tape and he probably sees something that can be fixed. Maybe Russ isn't going to return to being an MVP candidate, but he has to feel that he has competent quarterback play and that he can put him in a better situation. They do have weapons there. They do have a good defense. That team could be turned around quickly if they can get the quarterback play right. So we're all sitting here worried about all these other issues. Peyton's the type of guy that could change the culture instantaneously and then get them moving in the right direction. I mean, nine and eight next season, is that bizarre? Bizarre to think about if Russ starts playing well? No, of course not. I mean, I'm one who believes that you can get more out of Russell Wilson. I could see why he would have that confidence because we've never seen anybody fall off the cliff 
like we saw Russell Wilson fall off the cliff, like never in NFL history. I mean, we've seen shorter careers, you know, RG3, Cam Newton. We've seen that sort of thing. But we've never seen a guy after a decade of a Hall of Fame caliber career in the NFL then just all of a sudden take a nosedive off the cliff when we're still talking, yeah, mid-30s, but early mid-30s. It didn't make any sense. And frankly, he had started to lose a little bit in production that final year when he was at Seattle after they switched OCs there in Seattle. Maybe Russell Wilson is kind of a system quarterback more than we realized because he had continuity there in terms of that OC position in Seattle for so many years. However, even if he's a bit of a system quarterback, or maybe that's where he's at now in his mid-30s in his career, who cares? Put him in the right system then. I guess I feel like Sean Payton could do that, right? You know, like maybe he's not Patrick Mahomes and you're going to have to kind of work with what he gives you. But at the same time, I if I was a Broncos fan, I would feel confident that Sean Payton is going to be the coach that can figure that out and get the most out of Russ, whatever is left there. And I think it's got to be more left than what we saw this season. Let's be honest. The track record speaks for itself. There's not a soul out there that would say Drew Brees is not a Hall of Famer. Drew Brees wasn't really a Hall of Famer when he was playing with the Chargers. He had a bunch of talent around him. He was okay. It's not like he was a bum, but they drafted Phillip Rivers for a reason, and Brees was okay. And then he kind of got hurt and went in the free agency and figured things out and ends up with the Saints. Not trying to burn you there. Wasn't going to bring it up, but you did. So, you know, nice job, Miami, by failing him on the medical. That really ended up working out well for the Saints. Yeah, that that worked out well. But he went there, and Breeze all of a sudden becomes one of the greatest to ever do it. Peyton played a hand in that. Not to knock Breeze, but clearly whatever was happening in San Diego wasn't maximizing his potential, and what happened in New Orleans did. This is a guy that has a long track record. We're not talking like a three-year stretch where he won some games. His first seven years with the Saints, 73-39 and 39 during the regular season. His last eight years with the Saints, 79-42. and 42. He's a career 9-8 and eight in the playoffs with a Super Bowl win. So I know a lot of people will point to the, the playoff losses down the stretch. They did get jobbed in that game against the Rams in the NFC Championship with the no call, but that's what happens with officiating in the NFL. Sometimes you're on the right side like the Rams were in that game sometimes you're on the wrong side like the Bengals claim they were in the AFC championship game this past weekend Ryan Clark ESPN's NFL analyst he was on NFL live he discussed why this past season for Denver is going to help Sean Payton change the culture there when you have the type of season the Denver Broncos had and Russell Wilson has there has to be a level of humility that comes along with that. Sometimes you need the game to humble you, and it will do that. And so now Sean Payton can come in or should be able to come in and coach Russell Wilson extremely hard. Russell Wilson should accept that. And if he does, I believe this can be a marriage that works offensively for the Denver Broncos. But here's the other piece. We've been able to, or outside perception has been able to focus on Nathaniel Hackett and his inability mm, to yes. coach. Yeah. Nathaniel Hackett's yeah, inability yeah, yeah. to run a team. That's not going to be the focus with Sean Payton. Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. I think that's an excellent point in terms of Russell Wilson maybe being a humbled a little bit so he's more receptive to the coaching. Also, it's what Mark Schlereth said when he was on with us earlier. And if you missed our interview with Mark Schlereth, you can check out the podcast on the ESPN app. He said that respect is what's needed, right? Like you have to fear your coach a little bit. You have to give your coach that level of respect. I've always thought whoever comes into this position here in Denver needs to be somebody that Russell Wilson is willing to listen to and is willing to respect. And Sean Payton certainly has has that resume and he has those accolades in the league. So hopefully it ends up being a decent fit there in Denver. If it's not, 
then it's going to be a rough decade for the Denver Broncos because they just gave up so much draft capital for both of those guys. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, your chance to weigh in. Give us the hottest takes that you have about NFL, about life. Maybe you want some love advice from Joe Fortenbaugh. James Steele put on my screen that you can call about professional wrestling. I say you cannot. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. That's how you join the conversation. Caller Roulette coming your way next. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Your calls in just a few seconds. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. We're going to play some caller roulette. That's the number. That's how you get in touch with us. But first, Joe wants to earn you money. It's what he does best. He brings the betting advice. He tries to make you some money. Not a big wager, just something that you might bet a little loose change on. We like to call it pizza money. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. First two pizza monies of the evening. LeBron James over seven and a half rebounds. That one is in action. Second one was West Virginia plus two over TCU. That starts in about 13 minutes. Final one of the night. We go back to the NBA. Nikola Jokic. You may have heard of him. He's won a bunch of MVPs. Over ten and a half rebounds. I'm realizing we have a lot of rebound props tonight. Averaging 10.9 per game on the season, but that number skyrockets when playing at home. 12.1 rebounds per game on his home court this year, which is where he'll be tonight. Facing a New Orleans Pelicans team that has fallen on tough times as of late. This is their third city in four nights. Altitude concerns, dead legs, not going up for rebounds. Pelicans sixth in rebounding on the year. So you might think, why would you want to bet against him here? Keep this in mind. Eight-game losing streak, during which time they ranked 22nd in rebounding. They haven't been on the glass. They haven't been good on the glass as of late. So we're going with Nikola Jokic over 10.5 rebounds against the Pelicans tonight. 13 black odds. No winner. Spin the wheel. Make a deal. It's a game of chance. Let's play. Call a roulette. With Joe and Amber. Calls from all over the country tonight. We appreciate you so much, Joe and Amber. 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. This is when we take your calls. We always, sometimes we open up the phone lines earlier, but we always open them up at 8.45 p.m. Eastern, Triple Eight, say ESPN. Let's spin the wheel. Scott. Scott is in Michigan. Scott, thanks for the call. What's up? Okay, uh, first of all, Russell Wilson will not be the quarterback for Denver next year. He's going to be traded, and they're going to get Derek Carr. As much as I love the Raiders, they're my number one team. Lions are right there with them. Derek Carr is a Drew Brees-type quarterback. Sean Payne's going to love him, and that's the quarterback he wants. He's got still more left in the team. He's a bigger upswing than Russell Wilson. The other thing is, what can we do to Tampa Bay Buccaneers to junk those uniforms and bring back those creamsicle orange uniforms those were the best. These other uniforms they wear are trash. Bring back the classic ones. I like the creamsicle uniforms. A lot of bad memories, though, uh, growing up with those creamsicle uniforms in Tampa, which is right up the road from me. But, Joe, I think the problem with the idea of a Russell Wilson trade, whether for Derek Carr or anybody else, is that contract. I don't care about any of the logistics. Get that man a sports talk radio show. He just came in firing (laughs) two extraordinary hot takes that would light up his own phone lines if he had his own show. Great call on the creamsicles. 
Tampa Bay should absolutely get them back into the rotation more often than they are. And as to your take on Wilson, whether or not it's feasible, it doesn't matter. You shotgun that stuff everywhere. Fantastic take. Let's excellent, the- excellent content. Yes, for let's, sure. Let's Great spin, content. Spin the wheel. Randy, Randy is in Idaho. Randy, thanks for the call. What do you have for us? Yeah, we've all heard the saying, the grass is always greener. I hear all this stuff about the D.C. at Dallas being the next head coach somewhere. Wasn't he responsible for the biggest choke job in Super Bowl history? And Mike McCarthy has basically the exact same record as Sean Payton. Mike McCarthy gets trashed all the time in the media, and Sean Payton is some kind of godsend. I don't see it. Mike McCarthy is every bit of a coach as Sean Payton is, and he's paid, what, one-tenth of what Sean Payton's going to make? I don't get it. I, I don't I don't dislike that call, Joe, because I will say this. There are people that think Sean Payton is a little bit overrated. And given coach of the year, but that was in 2006, right? Like, it's been a long time, and we are far removed from that. And it it's chicken and egg. Is it Was it Drew Brees? Was it Sean Payton? But you mentioned earlier he's done it with a few different versions in a few different ways with that same team. People are always more comfortable with something they know and they're familiar with. Like when you go to hire a guy like D'Amico Ryans, you can get excited, but you just don't know how he's going to be as a head coach because you've never seen it before. People have seen Sean Payton as a head coach. They've seen him win a lot of games, go to the playoffs a lot of times, and win a Super Bowl. So maybe he's a little overhyped, but that's just naturally how we react to those situations. People are comfortable with that. It makes sense to really get excited about Sean Payton because he has had a lot of success. Let's spin the wheel. Glenn. Glenn is in Alaska. Glenn, stay warm. Thanks for the call. What do you have for us? Oh, it's always warmer here than it is the East Coast. I just got back from there and froze my butt off. You guys can have it. We, uh, <laughs> my take, a uh, couple of them real quick. Earlier you are talking about content and Aaron Rodgers, but yet every other day all we hear about is the Dallas Cowboys. Speaking of useless, wasted content, my God, I've never heard so much talk uh, by the media over a mediocre team like we have the Dallas Cowboys. The last point I wanted to make about you and the a couple weeks ago about you and the Buffalo uh, Wings, born and raised in Alaska, just recently found out baked Alaska has absolutely nothing to do with Alaska. There you go. <laughs> and a shout out to my man, and a shout out to my uh, fellow Alaska buddy Mark Schlereth. I've had him on my show up here. He's a great dude. Well, thank you so much for the call. We appreciate you, especially somebody in the same biz, which it sounds like you are. Uh, Baked Alaska, nothing to do with Alaska. I feel justified about not knowing where food is from. Like, I didn't know where Buffalo Wings were from. I didn't realize they were from Buffalo, New York, until I went to Buffalo, New York. It was a whole thing. If you listen to Joe and Amber, you know what I'm talking about if you've been rocking with us that long. But... What he said there about the Dallas Cowboys. I will say this, Joe, to be fully transparent. I used to talk, when I had my local show in Miami, I used to talk so much trash about this idea that the Cowboys were America's team. I'm like, what are we doing? They, they haven't won in so long. Why, why are they America's team? Then I got here to National. And I will say, one of the reasons we talk about Dallas so much, because y'all want to hear about Dallas so much. And that's just a fact of the matter. Dallas rates. Dallas rates. The thing about Dallas rates. is they're like, they're like the Yankees, they're like LeBron James, and they're like Notre Dame. You either love them or you hate them. 
Nobody's indifferent on Notre Dame. Nobody's indifferent on the Yankees. Nobody's indifferent on LeBron James or the Dallas Cowboys. It's why they all rate so well across every platform. You either love them or hate them. The worst thing you want to do is be in the middle. Some people like you. Some people might not. Most people don't care. That's the Miami Marlins. Sorry, but it was the first team that came to mind, Amber. Uh, yes, yeah, so th- thank you for bringing that up. A lot of salt in the wounds today, especially when we're talking about the uh, acquisition of Drew Brees uh, there by the Saints uh, when the Dolphins punted on him because of a health concern. Baked Alaska, apparently nothing to do with Alaska, like Je- Glenn just said. The more you know, Joe, I guess originated in New York. So there you go. Actually, I think huh. it may even go deeper than that. But New York, basically. Baked Alaska. See, this is the knowledge that you come to Joe and Amber for. We'll see you again tomorrow. This has been the Joe and Amber podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.